This is the High Face Podcast. It's Elite, A-L-I-T-E. ACDJ Vancouver here in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. Man, how wonderful was it to see LeBron James get his fourth championship? Dude, I'm going to tell you something uh, very personal, a little personal story. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I saw Michael Jordan win the three-peat. Yeah, huge. Was probably one of my most memorable uh, sports moments. Three-peat, never saw that before. Michael, I don't believe in my time. And I didn't think that I would see anything quite as glorious as Michael Jordan until, and I won't say it was this year, but this year, phenomenal what he accomplished in the bubble. Phenomenal. Probably 2016 was probably the biggest, the block and the win, right? That was probably, in my opinion, the one of the greatest moments in sports. One of the most, one of the, one of those, the greatest athletic things that I've ever, I've ever seen in a playoff game was that block on Iguodala and score and win. You see how when he remember he reached how high he reached on that block and how quickly he got there. They literally had they literally tra- traced how fast he was going, and it was some ridiculous number like twenty one miles per hour between this short distance. Hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's phenomenal to watch. It's phenomenal to watch. And when he, it, I mean, it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to win this title. Yes. Let's let's not fluff it up yeah i think people were wanting miami to be entertaining at the least which we got they had no chance we got we got a good series it was entertaining series Mm -hmm. went to six games it was a little bit of a threat yeah but man that game six there was no chance nobody was taking it from lebron that night i bet the house on that game (laughs) i did i bet every thing that i had (laughs) every shiny rock every you know, CD and DJ thing I had, I put it all, I pushed it all in on game six. (laughs) I knew for a fact that game was solid. If you ever bet. Yeah, it was awesome. Because LeBron is the real deal, man. And, you know, I I have a uh, mic on mic coming uh, in the next couple of days that's talking about this. Yeah. But LeBron, and let's go beyond Michael Jordan. Let's go beyond talking about the greatest basketball player of all time. Because Good. right now, th- that's a little passe. A little cliche. It's a little passe. Yeah, yeah. I always like to go one up. I always like to go bigger, right? <laughs> you know, we always like to go big. And I'm, I'm going to say that this kid, um, what's his name? LeBron. <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> it's probably the greatest athlete we might have ever seen in our in our existence. I think I'm there with you, man. I think there's very few people that you can put in that category. I think Muhammad Ali is close mm-hmm. as far as overall impact. Um, Why is Muhammad Ali close? Well, because he, he revolutionized the way people thought. Okay. He revolutionized the way people saw themselves. Mm-hmm. He made people believe that they were bigger than they ever could be. Yeah. And not just... Black people, all minorities, all yeah. minorities love Muhammad Ali. Almost, it's almost unanimous that yes. if you have brown skin, you love Muhammad Ali. Ali Bumaya, right? Ali Bumaya, man, that's 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 just it's automatic. But uh, yeah, what LeBron did is special, man. So it's let me ask you something. Yeah, is Muhammad Ali the greatest boxer of all time? 
Ah, oh, that's so hard, man. You, I, I, I guess it depends what the metric is. Well, um, I mean, what's the metric for greatest basketball player? How do we rate the greatest of basketball player? And this is where the, the, the true argument begins. And, you know, there's two sides of the coin here when we talk about the greatest in anything, right? And why I say LeBron is the greatest athlete of all time is for reasons. I got a couple of my athletes out here. I want to, I want to hit you up with these a little bit later, but um, let's do it now. <laughs> right? So I had a couple ideas about the greatest athletes of all time. Yeah. And just even thinking about that, um, about, about athletes, I thought about who is some of the greatest. And I had my top five here. Oh, okay. All right. Here, let me show you what I said here. What I have written down here. So number one. Yeah. Who I consider like in my generation, well, not even my generation, but growing up knowing about this guy mm-hmm. uh, is a gentleman by the name of Jim Brown. Now, if, if any of the kids out there have ever heard of a guy look named Jim up. Brown, you haven't, <laughs> look him up. Look him up. Right? Yes. Put aside a little bit of time. You're going to have to put away the ADD for a little bit <laughs> and uh, focus on some black yeah, and white. Yeah, yeah. But that brother could play any sport he was a letter he lettered in five sports damn in, in explain school. explain what letter is for people so in the states know. uh for all you guys your uh high school dropouts <laughs> uh lettering in your in in school yeah. is like you are the top of the class for your sport okay so jim brown went to uh syracuse university mm-hmm. and he was he's actually in the college hall of fame he's in the pro hall of fame and he's in the lacrosse hall of fame Gee. he still holds records to this day lacrosse. in lacrosse that have never been broken since the 60s wow amazing lacrosse is a rough sport man no joke i don't give a fucking lacrosse they asked me to play lacrosse one year yes so i'm growing up in victoria yeah. i'm in the road ding 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 just knocking <laughs> fools out and uh some of the guys the gates brothers Sat me down in a bar, was there at a bar one night, and they're like, hey, do you ever think about coming and play lacrosse? I'm like, hell no. You guys are crazy. Yeah, no. Right? It's a crazy sport. They're like, doesn't matter. Just learn how to catch and throw a ball. Come out there and punch people out, and you'll win a ring. And I'm like, wow. yeah, no. I'm like, man, that would be awesome. But I'm sitting there with my dad, who's like the crazy. ultimate, he's the ultimate, you know, call you out on everything kind of thing, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, shit, man, I didn't want to. <laughs> perpetrate like I was going to be this cocky. I was going to get my clock cleaned if I went out there because they're they're tough as hell. Savage. Lacrosse fighting is different than fighting in a boxing. Dude, sir, put up your dude. Technique. Dude, dude. Technique. Yeah. yeah, it's just like bam, 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 like hockey fights, <laughs> street right? Street fights. <laughs> street fights, right? So I'd have to get in there and get mushy, mushy face. But right now I'd be wearing the ring. If I had done it, yeah, I would be wearing no, that shit no. every it's single not day. Not worth the trade off. Not worth it. No. It's a tough one. But back to Jim Brown. Okay, so Jim Brown, yeah. he was uh, number one. Um, the other one I really, really, really respect is Bo Jackson, one of the greatest athletes, I think, ever. And the only thing that prevented him was he got broken. He was broken. Did you see that uh, 30 for 30 they did on him? Mm-hmm. Wow. Unbelievable. Like an urban legend, some of the stories that they talk about this guy. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Didn't and he, didn't he um, Pro Bowl and MLB All-Star? Yeah. Didn't he do both? Yeah, yeah. And he's the first one to play a playoff game in two sports at the oh same time. Oh my god. So he played Kansas City in the day and then flew to have his night game in or the other way around one of the other two. Oh. In the same day. Jeez. Jeez. That's gangster. That's that guy that shows up at the ball court 
where you're just playing some pickup and you're like, oh, I was going to play. And then Bo shows up and you're like, oh, fuck. dunk on everybody. <laughs> yeah, we're going to dunk on everyone. No one's going to have a chance. He's going to be, you know, king of the court all, all week. Yeah, right? I, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to stay underrated just because of, he didn't really have an ending, right? Didn't have an ending. He didn't have yeah. a fair ending. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, another one I had on here that people don't really talk about is Pele. Oh. I know. I came out of left field with that one, soccer didn't I? Soccer legend. Okay. Yes. I got, right? Soccer legend Pele. Yeah. Pele has some records that people don't even talk about. That he makes makes him phenomenal. He had, uh, he's the leader of hat tricks in soccer. He has like oh, wow. ninety six hat tricks. He's in soccer in soccer. Yeah, he scored thirteen hundred plus goals. Oh my goodness! All right, and he won the World Cup three times. Which no one else has ever done. Yeah, and, and for people that watch soccer, no, there's not a lot of goals scored. Not a lot of goals scored. So to have that many hat-tricks? 96. He was, he was putting it on. It's crazy. And to put it in perspective, <laughs> wow. Ronaldo has uh, 56. He's second with 56 hat-tricks. That's crazy. And look how good Ronaldo is. Ronaldo is always considered the number one footballer wow, in the world. Wow, that's not even close. And Messi, who's third, has 36 uh um, has has thirty six right, and so this, there's no contest. There's no contest, dude. And they'll never come close. They, they're huh? these guys are already coming to like the not the twilight, but yeah. into the later years of their career. And you got to remember when Pele was playing, Brazil was nothing. Yeah, Pele brought Brazil to the level of fear that Brazil's at now. Right, there's always a uh, a conflict with Maradona and Maradona. Pele. Right, <laughs> Maradona and Pele. Right, but yeah. I mean, Pele scored so many goals; he was so good. Yeah. And my fourth guy, I got to bring up, and I was gonna bring this, and then I think we'll get to your point: is Wayne Gretzky, man. Mm. Like there are so many better players than Wayne Gretzky, and and I know that hockey purists right now are gonna be like, "What?" But this was what leads into what I think is the greatest part about LeBron James, is that even though Gretzky scored all those goals, and you know he had what, four championships with Edmonton. Never won again after he left Edmonton, yeah. right? But he was always great, always a, an ambassador of the game, leads in points and goals yeah. and all that stuff. But then you look at a player like Steve Eiserman. You know Steve Eiserman? Yeah, is? of course. Of course. Detroit Red Wings. Right? 25 years with the same team. He's, yeah. He started in 1989 and then played until... Uh, no, he started in 1988 and then played until... 2009, I believe. I was the stud, man. I was man. Well, I think definitely. that's what it was. 25 years at a high level. Yeah. Even in his retirement, in, in his final season, he scored like 20 goals. So he was like... And he's got a, he's got a cup as well. He's got right. like three or three cups, With I think, wings. as well. Yeah. And you look at a guy like... Um, um, not Rod Brendamore. It's the other guy. Uh, another guy. But, I mean, this is what I think the true measure of greatness should be and why we need to respect LeBron. And I'm going to be, I want to hear your answer on this one <laughs> is that LeBron has done something that not many superstars have been able to accomplish. And that points, whatever assists, all that stuff is crap compared to his longevity yeah. and the way that he has been able to conduct a flawless career flawless bro yeah i agree right 17 years at a high level and averaging a triple double in yeah. his 17th year in the yeah. playoffs there has never been an athlete ever nope. i ever nope that has has been this productive this late in life yeah it's it's phenomenal to watch at this age still be the top three players in the league could easily be league mvp multiple years on end 
if they didn't have to give it to other players, he could yeah. easily be MVP almost every season he plays. Every season. Well, Jordan was that way too, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and with LeBron James, I think the most unique thing about LeBron James is the fact that not only is his numbers statistically as good as they were 10 years ago, yeah. but the way that he plays, he's so much more advanced than everybody on the floor. Huge. Like you hear, I, I heard DeMar DeRozan talking about LeBron's IQ, yeah. saying that, LeBron would be telling our players on the offensive end where they should be based on the plays that they were running. Yeah. So he's watching other teams, dissecting what they're doing on the fly, knowing the plays better than the players know yeah. the plays. And when you prepare like that, when you're a demon, like mm-hmm. when you have the demon mentality, like Kobe Bryant, and yeah. you know, become obsessive with just winning yeah. and doing it the way he does it, invest in his body, invest in his brain. You know, he's he's... Doing it, I think there's no better way you can do it. Or no one that's shown that there's a better way to do it like this guy has. It's unbelievable. And you look at, like, what were you saying about just a second ago about, um, oh, yeah, on the court, him managing. If you think yeah. about the one thing, and I was thinking about this yesterday. I, I was heard a sportscaster talking about the greats and about, you know, how great they were at how they always say the greats are good at being coached or whatever, right? Big, they listen, whatever. Big. But LeBron is the first superstar to not need a coach. Well, I think the most telling thing is he takes rookie coaches. And takes them to the promised finals. Yeah. Yeah. Teron lose a rookie coach. I think Spolstra was a rookie coach when he took him to the finals. Frank Vogel's not a rookie coach, but he took him to a chip. You know, he takes all these... And, and I think a part of it is when you have such a big basketball brain, your coach has to have some flexibility. Big time. Right? Like, I think with Popovich and Tim Duncan, I think they kind of established that later in the years yeah. that Tim Duncan didn't require coaching. He was kind of just like a yeah. template for what a player should be <laughs> yeah. in that Spurs model, right? Yeah. But um, I think with LeBron James, when you have these rookie coaches and you enable a player like mm. LeBron to be as great as he can be, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to win, man. Mm. And I think a, pro- a part of the problem with a couple of other players that are considered the MVPs, like the Kawhis and the Yanis, is that amazing as they are as individual players, because obviously they're amazing individual yeah. players, there's something that changes when you have like uh, uh, the right team around you with certain players. Like Paul George requires the right team to be successful. Kawhi He's requires the right team to be successful. But LeBron takes garbage. Oh, yeah. And takes him to the finals. Not saying NBA players are garbage. Don't get me wrong. Buddy. But when you look at some of the surrounding rosters that he's taken to the finals, it's laughable. That Cleveland team that he dragged to the playoffs and won with Ridiculous. was horrible. Ridiculous. And when he was younger, he took a, a, a team with the second best player was Zadunas Elgowskis. Big Zed. And they had Donya Marshall. Yeah. Took Donya Marshall to the all-star team. Yeah, yeah. A guy Remember who would that? never be an all-star. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, so he really enabled a lot of greatness because of his individual. And that's right? really what greatness is. Like your greatness so. isn't just being able to score a bunch of points in this. Yeah. Because if that's true, Tracy McGrady would have a ton Ooh, of points. Tracy was One of the best before LeBron. I'd have to say McGrady was probably one of the best complete basketball players. So much players. fun to watch. He was great back in the day. Yeah, injuries killed him, man. Yeah. Injuries killed him. He, he would have been that a, a, a winner for sure. He didn't work out enough. You know what I mean? He was always flat. He always came in flat. And Him and Yao Ming could have been amazing oh, if wow. they didn't have injuries. That was great. Dude, Yao was fantastic too, man. It's another great one. <laughs> yeah, he'll never get credit because he didn't win big. Well, and this also plays into another thing with uh, like Michael and with, uh, with LeBron. Like LeBron's doing this in the social media area mm-hmm. where, you know, 
it's somewhat easier to be labeled the greatest now yeah. because you're in somebody's face all the time. It's a 24-7 news cycle, yeah. sports cycle. So, you know, chances of no somebody not seeing or hearing your name on a daily basis during the season is pretty slim. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and Michael did it during the time when it was TV, you know? So if you were watching TV, chances are you saw Michael on TV. And that'd be the only way. And that'd be the only way. Yeah. And it was funny because back then... If I could be like Mike. If I could be, if I could be like Mike. Remember? Man, was that big. That was huge. That was stupid. And everybody wanted to be. That was the marketing plan back then. (laughs) Be like Mike. Be like Mike. Right? TV. Buy Nikes. Buy Gatorade. I hated that shit. And now it's like, it's a different type of athlete. Because now, it isn't what we want you to see. You get to see every part of the athlete. And the athlete is more likely to crack nowadays because the scrutiny is different right it's totally different yeah yeah people yeah, have yeah. different expectations yeah i think if jordan was in the social media era he wouldn't be able to be as private as he was come on man yeah social media world just changes you i've seen michael jordan more post basketball in the social yeah. media era than i did when he was on the floor because we only saw him in games yeah games and interviews he didn't he you didn't he wasn't out you know he's not like a celebrity that was on all the talk shows and tv shows and stuff like that yeah, right? what's going to convince people that LeBron is the greatest? See, that the, the greatest argument is so hard, man, because there's a couple of years where I can say that, um, I think we talked about this last time, about Olajuwon's Houston team. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's another team that you could put against them, at least for those two years, yeah. where they wouldn't win. They just caught that. They just caught the greatness, right? Yeah. And then when you look at the Detroit Pistons team with Ben Wallace and Richard Hamilton and Chauncey Billups when they won their ring, mm. and at that time in the NBA, there was nobody that could touch them. So they were the greatest for that yeah. year. So the greatest argument is hard. I think it's. I think you sh- people should look at basketball more in eras, mm. right? As the far greatest as, of the era. Yeah, like you get your like. Obviously, Jordan has his era. Yeah. Because what's it? What's the you know? Do you want Jordan and LeBron to play one on one? It, it, at their prime it would make sense if you had to take one of those either one to build a team on michael in his prime yeah. 25 yeah. Jort, or or lebron in his prime 25 you take let's even throw in one more kobe bryant Ooh. at 25 who are you building your team around jeez i think i think kobe bryant but i think i would want to be able to decide who coaches as well because mm, you need, you need a, a great coach or Kobe Bryant. Yeah. You need someone that can really use that yeah. monstrous talent, right? Yeah, that's so true. So Jackson was perfect. And uh, Kobe didn't want to play for anybody else. There's a reason why he didn't want to play for anybody else because, you know, Phil just knows, just knew his game. Yeah. And knew how to let him go. Yeah. So now that LeBron has brought home the title to yes. La La Land, yeah. is he immortalized in the annals <laughs> of time? <laughs> right as a great laker is he now officially one of the greats in laker nation ah, so i'm a laker fan been hard. a laker fan for all, all my life yeah. since i can remember watching magic johnson for the first oh, time oh yeah showtime right yeah beat beat my uh, beat larry bird oh did you know i saw another really interesting stat today um that michael's never beaten larry bird in the playoffs no he didn't Ever. Got killed. He had a, he had great games, individual yeah. games, but he never beat him in a series. Yeah, never beat him in a series. Bur- Come on, man. That Celtics team was too much. Yeah. MJ had nobody to help him back oh, then. Oh, that was a funny. That's yeah. funny when you watch those reruns. Yeah, no, he, it's a joke. Michael's it's a joke. so small. Yeah. He's like a little, little alien kind of. Yeah, no. Like, it, it's it's one of those things with... Um, oh, 
just talking about something else. And oh, about, about uh, Michael and um, generation, generational. Okay, let me restart you. Okay. Generation-wise, last 50 years, yeah. who is on your generational Mount Rushmore of basketball players? 50 years. You got five so, players. First pick would be Magic Johnson. It's the 80s. Akeem Olajuwon. In the 90s. LeBron James. The 2000s and 10s, I guess. So we can go back to the 70s as well then. So is that where it goes? So 70s? So 70s to the 2020s. Um, Julia Serving. Oh, that's so tough. That's so tough. A lot of crossovers and decades, but we're talking dominance of the 70s. Obviously, Julie Serving, huge. Kareem. Kareem, probably unstoppable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even if Kareem was around today, that skyhook would still work and he oh, would be unstoppable. Yeah, and, and that's when I think if I had to definitively, de definitively decide on a GOAT for basketball, I'd have to lean towards Kareem mm -hmm. the most mm -hmm. because he's the most winningest basketball player ever. Yeah. NCAA, he won. Yeah. NBA, he won. Won in multiple teams and dominated. Except he dominated. never played Shaq. Yeah, he never played Shaq, but I think Shaq is... Because at one point, Shaq was the most dominant player. Well, yeah, he was, but Olajuwon made him look silly. Mm, he did. And Olajuwon and Kareem have similar games. Yeah, a lot of grace, a lot Too of good long, footwork. Eh? Yeah. And I think you can frustrate Shaq with the right kind of big guy. Mm -hmm. You just got to make him work as hard on the defensive end, right? Mm -hmm. And Olajuwon was putting up 30 on him easily. Yeah. And then when Shaq had to run down the floor and try and score Olajuwon, Olajuwon just knew how to handle it, right? Yeah, Olajuwon was so good. So I think, I think Kareem got that locked. Yeah, so I think Wilt Chamberlain cream. is the X factor, though. So Wilt, Wilt the Still and yeah. Cream. <laughs> That's the tough. X factor. All right, yeah. so who's your '80s '80s basketball player? I loved watching Jordan play, but I hated him mm. at the same time because he beat a lot of teams that I wanted to win. Yeah, yeah. So for '80s basketball, uh, the top would have to be Isaiah Thomas or mm. Dominique Wilkins. I think Isaiah Thomas is unique because he kind of had that. Um, anti-hero thing going on mm -hmm. jordan was the golden boy yeah and isaiah thomas was the bad boy so i kind of leaned towards isaiah yeah because he had that it was a different thing that pistons team right Isaiah was a weird cat yeah he didn't get much thing. love and he did chuck chuck he didn't hold on chuck. he didn't get much love uh in the nba eh? yeah i, I can see why i can see why chuck. the ego ego was high right his ego yeah and he had i think he had every right to have a huge ego yeah, you mean he was on a pretty badass team, right? <laughs> you know what amazing. I mean? And they yeah. let him be himself and, you know, allowed him to, you know, be kind of lippy. He's that little guy that's on the schoolyard. Yeah, yeah meh, 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 <laughs> And then run behind the big guy, right? The well, big guy. And, and he played he played on that shattered ankle. Yeah. Right? I think he immortalized himself when he played on that shattered ankle yeah, that, that was in the big. playoffs and just played right through it like a beast. Yeah. Yeah. Certain things people do that just alter their stature, right? Oh, yeah. Well, like time. Tracy, what he, you know, scored that... Third, nine points in 13 seconds. Yeah. Ridiculous number like that. that was amazing. Was that against New York? Next yeah. And no, Reggie did it to New York. Oh, Reggie did it to New York. Yeah. yeah. Reggie was a bad man, too. See, that's another one, man. Who was a better shooter than Reggie back in the day? Like, Yeah, no. Reggie in this era would be ungodly to watch. 
Oh, even he does. I think he sits there and goes, oh, I could have made like $250 Why'd I have to play in the 80s? Right? right? <laughs> Against Michael and not win anything. Uh, it's hard to say, not to say Michael in the 80s, yeah. you know, in the 90s, sorry. Uh, 80s, I have to go with Magic. He's just, yeah. just too influential in basketball. So much me. fun to watch. He's just too good back then. Yeah. No wonder, you know, he got all the girls and he got into that little <laughs> trouble, right? Like, guy was so gangster back then. Well, I've heard interviews of him talking about how he had to have it to feed his ego. Yeah. He had to have that, you know, the nonstop five, six women at a time kind of thing, right? I don't know how you do that. Yeah, well, I guess hey, when you're man, 20, right? It's when, easy. When you called magic yeah. for the rest of your life. It's magic pill. Dude, how, how, you know, the ego is just... Enables you to do incredible things. Well, it's, and look at what happened with LeBron, right? Yeah. Like, he talked about the respect factor and that motivates him yeah you know when people don't respect him or compare him to other people then that's when he loses it well i think that that, that's one of the other things that makes him unique is because he has lived a lifestyle that's uh kind of generally admirable you don't there's not really much bad to say about the guy right yeah so i think that's what makes it even more impressive over top of what he does physically on the court Mm -hmm. it's just just a completely different thing so do the lakers repeat next year I think they're one piece away from a repeat. Uh, And the only reason I say one piece away is because there's a couple of other teams that are also right on the cusp of winning. Yeah. So depending on what happens with the Miami Heat, Mm. depends what happens with Milwaukee um, and who retools where. People forget Golden State. It's going to be phenomenal. They got the second pick in the draft. And they got a healthy Clay and Steph. Yeah. I mean, healthy Clay and Steph is guaranteed playoffs. Guaranteed playoffs. Maybe not guaranteed finals anymore, but Mm. guaranteed playoffs Mm. for sure. Mm. And then what about, you know, the Nets? Well, see, this is a weird team because they're trying. What I see about the Nets is they try to be LeBron as much as they can. <laughs> Kyrie and, uh, and KD, KD yeah. really wish they were LeBron in so many ways. I, I think they've said as much at times. Yes. Yeah. Because like, you know, I remember I've heard KD say that when he plays 2K, he uses LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> they want to be LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Right. And here's the thing like, what they've done in, during this season or off season totally backs up my claim hiring steve nash homeboy my homeboy steve nash brilliant was brilliant and it was also very revealing because it seems like in today's nba if you really truly want to be a superstar you know like i said earlier Back in the day, you had to be coachable. You needed to understand the triangle and you had to run with the, you know, running gun offense and you had to learn all this. Whereas nowadays, players kind of want to be their own coach and their own field general. It's almost like the next level up. LeBron has created this next level over superstar, which is like uncoachable superstar. Like the guy that you can put on a team with four other schmucks in a soup can yeah. and go out there and win or contest for a championship. Yeah. And I see that that's where the next level of these athletes are going. And I know? think that kind of has to happen uh, for for certain segments in the NBA. Like I think Kawhi has that as well. Mm-hmm. I think he carves his own offense into what the team wants to run. Except for the game seven of... Yeah, and the, the championship. Like, and I think what it comes down to is how you can implement your best isolation player to be their best. Yeah. And then you get a random team like the Raptors that are well coached and have multiple weapons that are yeah. integrated into an offense. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a different thing because the Raptors don't have one definitive superstar. Yeah. They have a team offense, and that's rare. San yeah, Antonio is. is the same thing. They have a team offense. 
And I think um, those are the exception now. Mm-hmm. Whereas back in the 80s and 90s, that was the rule. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Jazz were a well-coached team with superstars. Yeah. Pick and roll, pick yeah, and roll. Yeah, even the Bulls were a well-coached team with Michael Jordan, yeah, right? Like the, Teams were well-coached because there was a team-coached approach. Now the individual player can do so much. And it seems like that's what they're asked to do. Like it almost so. is, It's almost like if you come out of college or you're out of high school or whatever it is yeah. they find you, you're expected to shine instantly. It's almost like you don't have a chance anymore yeah. You know, to have years to grow into roles. You know, yeah, and I think the NBA does a better job of it now. Yeah, than they did like before. you even look at uh, the Greek Freak. Yeah, Oof. there are already rumblings that maybe he's, you know, because he hasn't won a championship or he hasn't been to a finals. What's yeah. he in year five or something? Uh, I think it's year seven now. Yeah, year seven. Yeah, and in today's superstar standards, yeah, seven years is a long time to go without being to the. To the show. Well, at least to the conference finals. Multi- like yes. Back to back to back, right? Even the finals. Yeah. Like never had finals. finals. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that does, that's unheard of now. And, and the excuse of not having players yeah. is not the case because Middleton's playing amazing. Bad trades in, in Milwaukee. Man. Yeah, there's, some, there's something that's not clicking with Giannis' game. Yeah, it's him. And I think Westbrook's a part. I think Westbrook's got that same kind of issue. Yeah. As phenomenal as an individual talent they are, yeah. there's something that's just not allowing them to succeed at a higher level. Yeah. They just need support. They're players that need a little bit more. I, I think market comes into it. You're a market that you're in because you identify with it, right? And yeah. it feels like to me that he's a solid salt of the earth type vigil. Grew up, you know, individual. Grew up in a Greek, mm-hmm. a Greek island, <laughs> rolling around with a loincloth on and eating grapes while being fanned by palm God, trees. Him and all his athlete brothers. Right? Just this black god whirling over the itis uh, over the island seven feet tall chiseled like a six footer you know what i mean like it's crazy dude yeah yeah right so he had he lived in the lap of luxury these years and he became a very dare i say humbled person (laughs) living like that i think so right because you have no you don't have north america in your life and i and i think when he comes came here to milwaukee he became a loyalist immediately he has a loyal personality right but i also see him uh being a guy who now after LeBron said, respect, I want you to respect me. Mm-hmm. LeBron opened up the floodgates saying his little after game speech the other night for all these other athletes that are going to be like, you know what? I want respect yeah. now too. LeBron's That's getting great. respect. I want respect now too. <laughs> yeah. And now you're going to start seeing that happen around but you the gotta league. you got to earn it. You get, if you don't win chips, then you know there's no conversation. And, right? and it seems like the double defensive player of the year and the MVP itself doesn't even do anything for his brand. As yeah. weird as that is. It doesn't mean anything. Isn't it, it really weird? Doesn't. Well, and I think because it's so highly contested, mm. you know, because there's, there's other options. Mm. You know, LeBron could be an option every year. James Harden could be an option, yeah. right, as well. So um, I, I think the MVP is a, a nice little... And because he downplays it huge too. Yeah. He says, don't call me an MVP until I win a championship. Yeah, and that's fair. And, and I think Kobe, Kobe threw that at him too, right, in a tweet before, uh, before the mm. season started last year. Go get a ring, right? Then yeah. we can talk about you being great. Yeah. So. Well, it's good. I really enjoyed the basketball season this year. I thought Loved uh, it. I thought that, you know, it was completely even for the first time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it was Miami or for whoever it was. I mean, yeah. it was even because of the bubble. NBA did an amazing job. Zero cases. Amazing. No staff, no cleaning staff, no cooking staff, none of the coaching staffs. 
None of the players, none of the families, zero cases. The NBA did it right, and they do it right. They do yeah. it right on all aspects. If you really look at it, like their Adam marketing to – Dude, just everything <laughs> that they do is gold. Hey, is gold. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is having an owner that's not tone deaf mm. and understands how – race and the economics of race and mm. the politics of race plays into a franchise that has 80 what 80 plus percent of the players are, are yeah. black yeah so if you don't get it then you know yeah and i saw another stat about lebron about um he played uh he's played was it not 260 260 playoff games something i think that might be a little high let me see let me see let's see what he's played He's had okay. Here it is. So he's had uh, ten thousand forty nine postseason minutes. Okay. Wow. And to put it in perspective, Tim Duncan Jeez. is second on the list with ninety three hundred. Wow. And third on the list is Kareem Abdul Jabbar with eighty eight hundred. And that gap is only going to get bigger. It's only going to get bigger. Yeah. Another great thing about LeBron uh, stats. These are stats that don't get talked about about yeah. LeBron. I already said this, but he never gets injured. Facts. In his career Facts. of 17 years, he's only missed 71 games due to injury. That's outrageous. Isn't that crazy? That's honestly outrageous, especially considering how many minutes he plays. It's unbelievable. Yeah. He and, and, and never missed a playoff game. So the only the only thing about that one-minute stat is Tim Duncan and Kareem being second. I think there's a bit of a difference because those, some of those Tim Duncan Spurs teams – they swept a lot of teams. Yeah, they did. They didn't go to five, six, seven. LeBron's had a lot of game sevens. Oh yeah, a lot of game sixes as well. Why so. doesn't Tim Duncan get talked about as the greatest? Because of who of he greatest. is, I think. He just wasn't flashing. He just disappeared after. Yeah, it was over. and I think even like he's he's part of the the Spurs coaching staff. Yeah, and um, he banked all his. You know shots. he's a kickboxer. Is he? I wouldn't yeah. want to fight him. It is man. the looks... weirdest thing to watch. Okay. You need to Google him when you get a chance. Tim yeah. Duncan kickboxing. He could put it down, man. Really? It looks really weird because he's such a giant. He's so big. But he can move really well. It's like Kareem fighting Bruce. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's crazy to watch, man. But yeah, no, he's multifaceted. You know, Tim Duncan's he's um, one of the goats, man. LeBron has scored at least 10 points in every game in his entire career, <laughs> but eight. That's so he's at insane. least scored 10 points. He's good for 10 points. Every game except for eight and seventeen check, years worth of basketball. And check those seven of those eight games that he scored less than ten points were in his first twelve months of his career. Wow. Right? Isn't that crazy? The other one, uh it, including one of those games, was his last night of being a teenager. So on his Jeez. the night before his twentieth birthday, he scored eight points. Yeah, you know, the only thing about this that Kobe gets a little ripped off here. Yeah. Because Kobe's first three years, he didn't really get to play. Yeah, he didn't. He was running pine. Eddie Jones was the star, right? It's a different Lakers team. If you give Kobe those three years back, yeah, that's a lot of points. It's, yeah, he yeah. could be close. He could be second. Yeah, scoring. he'd be second for sure, right? He would have had a better. He would have had a better run. You know what I mean? Yeah, there'd be more earlier. momentum earlier. You know what I mean? And that's weird how that's not. I mean, I've heard Kobe kind of mention it a couple of times how it frustrated him that he didn't get to play. Yeah. Those first few years. But what do you do as the Lakers, man? This guy's a teenager. Yeah. You know, Kobe came in as a skinny little teenager. Rest in peace, man. Hell yeah. Uh, LeBron has averaged 25 points a season for the last 15 years. Averaged. 
24. Yeah. He's only dipped once down to 23.8. That was his lowest. That is that is it's pretty amazing. That's special. All right. Uh, the most uh most postseason points is um LeBron with 6911. Michael Jordan comes in second at 5900, never to break that title. And Kareem comes in third at 5700. Dude, it's a landslide. Landslide. Yeah. Not even not even catchable. There's yeah. no one's going to catch him. He has been to eight consecutive finals, which is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. He Do some franchises don't have eight finals appearances. Huh? That have been around for 30, 40 years have, don't have eight finals appearances. It, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And he has almost a triple-double in career stats. So he has, right as of right now, he has approximately 34,000 points, mm -hmm. 9,000 assists, yeah. and 9,000 rebounds. He'll, he'll shatter it. He'll shatter it. He's a thousand, a thousand. I think, you know, I think if he touches the, the six rings, you know, if he gets two more. He'll get seven. And then never gets one again. I think yeah. you're going to have to give him that consideration. LeBron is going to get the Peyton Manning seventh <laughs> ring. That would be you watch. amazing. Someone's going to drag <laughs> LeBron's butt across the finish line. <laughs> yeah. Right? Out of respect. Out of respect to make him get seven it might to be shut AD. everyone out. It might be AD. He's only going to get might better. Be. He's young. Yeah. Well, he wants to play with this kid. The, you know, LeBron said it openly. He wants to play with this kid. He'll do it. And then he wants to own a team. He'll do both. That's pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah. They say that he's going to make over a billion dollars in uh in endorsements oh I, it's yeah it's like billions no nothing no jordan's brainer. made two billion lebron's gonna make a billion before he retires yeah he's done incredible things with his brand right i don't i personally never brought bought a pair of lebron shoes because i think they kind of no. look a little too spaceship like I, I i don't like but i rock jordan's forever yeah jordan was different though because shoes were so new to us bro yeah and jordan swag is just Jordan's got Sick. mad The brand swag. is fucking beautiful. Mad swag. Okay, a couple more things here, and I'm yeah. we'll move on. I'm going to like this while you do uh, Mr. LeBron James has the most game-winning playoff buzzer beaters than any other athlete. He Most buzzer beaters, Kobe and MJ combined, do not have more buzzer beaters in the playoffs than LeBron James does. So he's come up clutch. I don't know what this number was because I didn't find it. But I saw that stat. And then, how about this? LeBron has 11 all-NBA selections. He ties Kobe Bryant and Karl Malone for the most. Man. Mailman and the Mamba. Mailman. And I think what's the biggest one, the biggest stat that people don't think about because we don't talk about it as being a basketball player, <laughs> but it means something, Yeah, is LeBron James has donated over $100 million in his career to charity. One. Hundred million dollars. One hundred million. Think about that number. You're. That means you're a working man going out working for your money. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know I'm gonna give away you know, ten percent whatever mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. throughout my last you know seventeen years. So, that's pretty amazing, dude. Yeah, yeah, that's I think so. Pretty fucking amazing. So that's like yeah. five million a year basically. Yeah. yeah, and people have a tough time just talking about you know. I, just talking about the sport, right? And they just talk about MJ and his defining moments. And I think because they were so rare then yeah. in the sport, there weren't a lot of players having those moments in the sport Yeah, that the conversation was 
more amplified on MJ. Mm-hmm. But right now in the NBA, there's a lot of talent doing a lot of amazing things. Yeah. Dame Lillard doing amazing things all the time on the court. Harden doing amazing things. Jamal yeah. Murray. There's a lot of spotlight on the, yeah. on a lot of different players. Yeah. So I think LeBron's, those certain accomplishments that you mentioned will get uh, downplayed. That's what happens when you just shut up and dribble. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> fuck you, Laura Ingram. <laughs> uh, speaking of living legends and doing things that are legendary, we saw one of the most legendary comedians uh, on Saturday Night Live the other night hosting, which was amazing in itself that yes. Saturday Night Live would take this gentleman onto the stage. Yeah. It, it only took them 28 years, you know what I mean, since the guy's been around. Like, oh, let's get Bill Burr up yeah. on the... Bill Burr hosted Saturday Night Live and I think had one of the best, and people are, sh- are shitting on him hard. He had probably one of the best monologues since Dave Chappelle. Dave Because Dave Chappelle's monologue... Dave Chappelle's Saturday Night Live was one of the funniest I've seen probably in the history. Agreed. agreed. Top five, easy. Yes. But Bill Burr's monologue you yeah. turned me on to this yeah, and i yeah. went and looked down and watched the whole saturday night live because uh, i don't stay up that late on saturday <laughs> so right but i watched it amazing yeah bill burr is that well it's it's weird because this is the second episode of the newest season for snl and the first episode had chris rock so chris rock came out and he was on fire too i mean chris rock's always amazing yeah but uh yeah i think what bill burr did was poignant he's smart man very smart and I don't think there's a word of a lie there at all because white women hijacked every movement involving POCs. Yeah. Every movement. Yeah. They have to be the most woke. They have to be the most hurt. They have to be the most determined to fight oppression. And the allyship a lot of times is amazing when it's used effectively. Mm. But when you try to not deliberately silence the vote, but voice but when you silence the voice because you're so fucking loud mm. you need to know when to take a back seat oh dude there's nothing that scares me more than white christian women there's nothing more two-faced and sorry to, if i got any white christian women listening to me right now but there is really truly nothing more evil than a woman white woman scorn i'm sorry and i'm saying okay. this i'm saying this not as a brown guy not as a white guy but yeah. as a guy who's done a thousand plus weddings yeah yeah okay okay, okay. so let, let's if, if you let's take it a little bit d- deeper even okay so we look at history overall and there are so many things that white women didn't physically do but enabled throughout history that can't be forgiven. And a part of that is slavery. And I don't give a fuck what people say about white women being marginalized. They had plenty strength back then to at least try and convince their husbands yeah. that what they were doing was fuckery. Yeah. And that's just the tip of the iceberg, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I think throughout history, they have been the most protected of yeah. all women. I mean, all women are subjugated. But white women are the most protected out of all women. Well, and you, and this is, and if people are like, well, that's, you know, racist or whatever. Think about this. In 1993, 94, a judge by the name of Clarence Thomas yes. uh, sexually harassed and assaulted a black uh, woman that worked in his office Yep. by the name of, see, I don't remember her name. It. right mm-hmm. this is the problem yeah but i remember jennifer flowers and i remember monica Lewinsky, 
And it's because, because it's obvious, you know, we didn't want to hear about a black woman getting raped. Well, they allow the white woman to be a victim. They allow it, yeah. right? You can be a victim, but with, mm-hmm. with any woman that's a POC in their situation, they're almost to blame. Like, it must be your fault. Yeah. The judge wouldn't have done this willingly. You must have caused it. And that's what, what, that's what happened to Clarence Thompson, uh, Thomas yeah. victim, right? Yeah. And I, I, I don't Isn't remember. Isn't that horrible? Name, we don't remember her name. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But that's what they try to do. They market yeah. it. They marketed the shit out of Lawana Lewinsky for 20 years yeah. now. Yeah, Even yeah. to this day, yeah. she could still get up and write a book. She did. And they listen, <laughs> they buy that. it. I saw that. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's tragic, dude. It's because, you know, the white woman, not exactly the white woman is marketable, but the tragic story of the white woman is the marketable thing. And yeah. it's the agenda that they tried to push with Hillary Clinton. And it's the agenda that, you know, in some countries worked, you know, it worked in Germany, it worked in New Zealand, you know, it worked in these countries that have white women at the hel- at the helm. Yeah. Right. And they're trying to do that in America. They're trying, dude. Right. But they can't get that woman. You know what I mean? They can't get around the fact that the woman that they should be having, if they really want to bring women up, not just white women, but women, is the woman's not white. They can't get grasp that. Kamala, people are like, oh, Joe's going to go down. Kamala's going to be president. No, dude. Kamala's not going to be president. They can't handle that. Yeah. That is not a white woman. It don't matter. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, what you think the agenda is. In the end, they don't want to put her up on the ultimate pedestal because that will say something and, and right? I, I hate to I, I just want to interject real quick Anita Hill Anita Hill love yes. that I always remember that too I don't know why I forgot that yeah she was she famous was by Clarence Thomas famous yeah right but it's the white woman buddy and you know he was right when he said that you know I love to put your Gucci foot over the fence <laughs> of oppression right? yeah you know he nailed it man he nailed it a hundred percent and um, I think it's even more interesting when he was talking about Gay Pride Month being June and Black History Month being February. Yeah. Only being 28 days. And me and Rosie have had this conversation. I've said, why the fuck? Okay, I know it's just symbolic. I understand it's just symbolic. But if it's symbolic, why the fuck did they choose the shortest possible month? I don't get it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, I mean, you could say it's deliberate or not. I don't, I don't know how the decision was made to choose February, but... The fact that he said that these are equator people and you give them the cold ass month of February, which is the shortest month. Yeah. It's so sharp. It's so sharp. And people don't like it because it's fucking true. And he's been doing that his whole career, though, too. Like, you think about it. Like, some of his jokes, he pushes the race card, but he makes fun of the race card. Right. He makes fun of people being racist because it is a joke like that one where he's like, oh, I'm sitting in a bar and it's talking. About, right. You remember that one? Saw a black guy come on the screen. And he's like, and then someone says the N word right beside. And you're like, man, why did you got to say that? Right. Well, and, and I think a part of it that that is he can identify because he has, he's married to a black woman. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think he has. Um, I mean, comedians take their real life and turn it into their stand-up. He's a real deal, man. So he's got some insight, man. He's got some insight. He's on the inside. He's he's deeply connected to a POC, so. Do you think that... Okay, I'm going to put something out to you. Okay. So you know how when black comedians make fun of their culture, it's because 
they've gone through so much and the only thing you can do is make jokes about it to to make people listen about it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you hear the greats talk about, you know, make jokes about slavery or make jokes about oppression and stuff, they yeah. do that. Yeah. Dave Chappelle's great at it, right? He made great jokes with the uh, blind racist. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> great. Do you think that this now method has been adopted by white comedians who see that the end of white culture is happening that there is perhaps a cleansing of the white culture happening right now because they're kind of kind there of is. is there is yeah black lives matters is just the tip of the iceberg mm -hmm. what's really happening mm -hmm. and the world is like colorizing right everyone's becoming mixed yeah kind it's of. gonna be a big cultural shift right mm -hmm. so do you think that now this is it like white white people are you know taking this road of kind of they're going to start making fun of themselves like what bill burr did was in essence made fun of himself and his culture yeah i think there's going to be some of that and i think it's going to be disingenuous and 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 laughed at not in a way that you're funny but you're not just you're just not going to get airtime if you're disingenuous with how you're approaching your comedy like this and i think it's happened a few times like um ah oh man what's that one stand-up comics name that made a really stupid kobe joke after kobe had passed Oh, I heard about that. Oh, I can't remember his name. Maybe it's a good thing we can't remember his name. But um, he said some stupid shit about Kobe Bryant after he passed. And um, I think his persona was disingenuous from way before that. Mm. And he just basically outed himself with that idiotic comment, right? Mm -hmm. So I think if you're disingenuous, you're going to go. But mm -hmm. uh, no, I think Bill Burr's, Bill Burr's always been here in this space yeah. of being as offensive as possible. He never gives a fuck. Yeah. If you've ever seen him on daytime talk shows, yeah. daytime, he's the worst. He's bad guest. He uh, and he's deliberate. He loves it. Oh, every minute of it. So yeah, no applaud, Bill Berman. Top three most controversial comedians in history. Oh, Richard Pryor has got to be number one, or if not close to the top spot, just because of his personality outside of his comedy. Um, not many people set themselves on fire because they're so fucking high, right? It's crazy. Yeah, so he's got to be top at the very, very, very top. I mean, I would say, Eddie, I, I'd like to say Eddie Murphy, but he lived a pretty clean life overall. You know, he had that little fuck up with the with the Transvestite? Yeah, the transgender. Sorry, transgender. Transgender prostitute. LTPGQ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But outside of that, he's lived a pretty, so I can't really put him in there. Um, I think Sam Kinison, because he was fucking crazy. Sam Kinison, people forget about him. He He's was kind crazy. of a wild, crazy, loud, crazy. Had some good stuff. Yeah, so controversial. I have to put him up top. Okay, I'm gonna give this you. This is some not names. saying the best. This is controversial, right? I'm gonna give you some names. See what you think. Okay. I like to do this. I like to ask you your top ones, and yeah. then I like to give you some names to give me feedback. Yeah. Okay. Number one, Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, um, I think he. Remember when he first came out in the '90s? Wow, it was incredible the thing is like i was a kid and i couldn't rent that stuff and watch it myself but my dad liked that shit yeah my dad liked that extra testosterone fueled maniac of a man a character don't give a fuck it's total everything that every 80s guy wanted to be was andrew dice clay he's big badass he... tough guy full head of hair dress however the fuck you wanted said whatever the fuck you wanted yeah and he's probably single now well, 60 no, no, and never actually, not married three he's divorces still doing stuff He's still doing jokes. Yeah, yeah, he's but he's a, he's a he's a, a caricature. Yeah. He's a character permanently, right? Yeah. 
And um, <laughs> he's fucking fun to watch, man. Hickory dickory. <laughs> Remember that? Man, I would go to school saying that and getting in trouble by the teachers. What are you singing? What are well, you doing? This? But my dad used to watch it, and I would just kind of like creep in the hallway. Yeah. And just sit on the floor and listen. And just listen. Couldn't God. watch it, right? It's so crazy. So. They just loved him back then. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, he's very controversial. How about this one? One of the best. When I say George. Carlin. You've got to be one of your favorites. You oh, strike me sure. as a George Carlin guy. Oh, Carlin yeah. Guy. I, I would say the greatest, if not close to the greatest of all time. Seven words you can't never say. Dude, Seven words you can never say on stage or whatever. His, just, his aim at society and people's lack of intellect is yeah. so brilliant and how he's nailing politicians today yeah you listen to his gibberish on stage about mm-hmm. politics and you will see it applies to today well the that thing is for me point. i think that i think i relate to george carlin even more because he to me is kind of almost like an mc with his delivery like yeah. a, almost like a rapper with his delivery and for me rap and uh, in, in hip-hop delivery is a huge thing like you want you want to be able to bob your head to someone's words right yeah and george carlin has a rhythm like he'll present his joke to you and then he'll speed up his cadence and he'll take you on a journey into, with, with just a whole bunch of words oh, yeah. really, really fast. And you're just kind of hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, hanging on, hanging on for the punchline. And then he just drags it out until the very, very end and then stops and then gives you a punchline. But it's not like a, a blow your mind punchline, but because the buildup was so flawless, you just, yeah, an MC. He was an yeah, MC. He was he used words in a magical way. He was so talented, man. Yeah, one of my favorites. Yeah, definitely. I fucking wish he was alive right now to slash this. If you are listening to this and you're young and you don't know what the hell we're talking about, you need to Google George Carlin. If you don't know who George Carlin is and you say you're a comedy fan, yeah. shut the fuck up. You have, no you have Carlin, is it? Okay, I'm gonna give you another guy who I really like. I think he's super talented, and not many people like him. But his name is uh, he's got a show on TV, uh, Bill Maher. Yeah, I like I like Bill Maher. I I, I like um, how much of an asshole he is. He's an s- asshole who agrees with you. That yeah, you're, I, I, that I'm an asshole. See, the thing is with Bill Maher, I, I agree on a lot of stuff that he talks about. Yeah, I think I have a lot of opinions that are in sync with what he talks about. Yeah, and the few that I don't are really offensive ones to me personally. It kind of like diminishes his character in my eyes. Like he's very pro-Israel. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of that pro-Israel he's, stance. Yeah, super Jewish. Yeah, and but no, I think he's great at what he does. I, I love that show, Politically Correct. Said, the, end, said the N-word on the uh, on I didn't the like show. that. I didn't like that. And then has Ice Cube on the next I night. I like that. <laughs> I did like that. I like that. Ice Cube on the next night after he hey, drops man, the M-bomb. if you're going to get someone to tell you to shut the fuck up, <laughs> it should be someone like Ice Cube. Brilliant. Yeah. I, I always wonder if these guys just do this on purpose. Like they know, you know what, I can sustain a blow. Uh, you know, well, did you see Religious? I saw a part of it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch it. Oh, yeah. He, he, Bill Maher didn't give a fuck. No. You could tell that he has used the N-word in his own communication. <laughs> with his, within yes. the immediate circle, Yes, there may be a few POCs in his circle that allow yeah. him to use the word and don't get extra offended. Yeah. Because it rolled off the tongue pretty easy. Because he's an elitist, right? And it's just... Yeah, yeah. And he's like extra liberal left. Yeah. Right? And... um. <laughs> that's funny man he's but funny I, I, religious is good because I think religion should be fucked with yeah <laughs> I think he did a great job oh he did I'm sorry if you're religious and you're watching this I'm sorry but if you're religious and you're watching with. this you are not religious <laughs> you're not gonna like okay? <laughs> you're not religious alright I can give you an old name back in the day what about Lenny Bruce you ever watch him Yes. Okay. So I'm pulling I, something out on you here. These kids, these youngsters don't even know. <laughs> well, o- over the years, I've 
done a deep dive into comedy, like yeah. deep, deep dive. And um, uh, Bernie Mac kind of like set it all off for me. I was watching some old Bernie Mac and uh, he had this one set where he came out and kept saying, um, I, I, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Yeah. And he would play a beat and he would do a little dance and then he would go back into his thing and he said it a few times. And are you a Bernie Mac fan? Oh yeah, big time. Oh yeah, and he set it off. And so after that Bernie Mac instance, I started doing a deep dive and I got into Patrice O'Neill yeah. and then it led me to George Carlin and then I just saw every, I try to absorb as much comedy as possible because I want to write comedy and deliver some yeah. dope comedy too. Yeah. And um, yeah, so Lenny Bruce was crazy because at that time, nobody was saying anything close to that. Comedy no. was very shtick. Was, comedy back then. It was then. very punch setup and knock it yeah, down. Yeah, call setup. response nonsense. Yeah. But no, Lenny Bruce was, he was a savage. He went to jail. For saying cocksucker, on stage, <laughs> I love it. Right, and he actually actually threw him in jail. I don't know. It's in New York or is in like, yeah, that makes sense. Something like that. Yeah, we've we've penalized some stupid shit. Yeah, nineteen sixty one. Well, that was wow. the same year. Uh, what's his name? Um, the Doors. Jim Morrison yeah. went to jail for. Uh, I think he exposed himself on stage. <laughs> I guess, Is that sense. what he did? I, I wasn't a big fan. Or he said, fuck. Maybe. I want to fuck you or something, <laughs> yeah. right? And they were like, don't say the I word fuck. Does. And that was 1961, man. So that was fuck, a tough was year. Stupid. 61. Stupid. All right, I'll give you one more name. I know you're going to love this one. <laughs> okay. Fuck the bushes. I hate those motherfuckers. Who said that on stage? Live at the Apollo. He said that at the Apollo, and the Apollo lost it because they were big-time Bush supporters. Chris Rock. And they banned him from the stage for the Apollo. He said, fuck the Apollo. I don't need the Apollo. Was it Chris Rock? No. Paul Mooney. Paul Mooney. Yeah. Fuck the Bushes. I hate them. Wow. Right? That was it. Fearless. That guy with those words yeah. like changed his entire career. He never went back to the Apollo, dude. He was like, no. Yeah, I, I think Chappelle really helped keep his his star yeah. loud. Great comedy writer. Man. Brilliant dude. He wrote with Pryor. Yeah, wrote with Pryor. Yeah, that's right. That's Pryor why he was stuff. so big. He never takes credit for it. Like when people interview Paul Mooney and they ask him about it, he never takes credit for the yeah. writing on the, you know, with for Pryor. Yeah, yeah. But fuck, he's a bad man. He's been everywhere. <laughs> yeah. He's seen some things, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. He, yeah, there's a lot of crazy stories about him. Oh, God, yeah. That's another sense. guy people should really look up. Give a yeah. little look into Paul Mooney. He's yeah, well, be ready guy. to be offended. Oh, yeah, big time. Because he doesn't, he really doesn't give a fuck. He yeah. says some shit that just makes you like, oh. Is he a gay comic? Or is he just pretend? I don't know if he's out gay. Yeah. I, I think All these gay. years. You know what I mean? Is well, he... Pryor's had a lot of male relationships. I guess so. And that's the thing, too, back in the day. It was kind of like bisexuality was pretty normal. It was shamed, man. Right. In in public, it was shamed. Yeah. So, But that's what Studio 54 and all those big clubs, you went there. That that was just the Jeffrey Epstein's uh, island of the (laughs) 70s. It was Studio 54. Let me give you a name, maybe if you've you've (laughs) ever done a a dive into his stuff. Red Fox. Red Fox, great. Outside of Sanford and Sons, his stand-up material. Yeah, out Red Fox. Man! Was, yeah, really revolutionary. Like, he was really the guy who got... If you think of, like, 
black people just kind of owning their lives yeah. and about owning who they were and being like, fuck, man, this is it. This is the best we got. That was Red yeah. Fox, right? Yeah. He really took that kind of feeling of the 70s. Yeah, and I think he was like one of the first comics that I can remember seeing going at people in the crowd. Oh, yeah. Like Patrice O'Neill was like, a, he, would, he would attack people in the crowd. But uh, Red Fox was kind of one of the first people that would like look at people in the crowd, being funny, your outfit, yeah. funny, your, you know. Yeah, he was wild great. man. Very wild man. Yeah. His show was great too. Oh, I loved it. Like he was, he they toned him down big time in that show. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and, you gotta get paid, man. And I wonder how much abuse he took. You know, because he got old really fast. Because he was a heavy smoker. Oh, is that why? Heavy smoker. He liked to drink. Oh yeah, that'll yeah. do with the drink. Pimp man. It's a pimp. Um, another big pimp is a guy that <laughs> uh, gave you a little shout out on social social media. Yeah. Uh, Aries. Aries Spears. Dude, that guy is fucking hilarious. Talk about yeah. life. Yeah, I think he's one of the most talented people ever. Because he can impersonate everybody. Fuck, his impersonations are amazing. Lawless. <laughs> he freestyles as <laughs> other rappers and switches between Jay-Z and Biggie. That's and great. I love Snoop that video. And, yeah, super talent. Huge shout out to Aries Spears, man. I think he's overlooked because he's kind of an asshole too. He's got yeah. a bit of an ego. He doesn't like being second. Right? He yeah. likes to be top billion. And I get it. I think he's earned it. His Mad TV run was crazy. His Mad specials are always on point. <laughs> but yo, okay. Hold on, hold on. Before we go any further. Did you see what I sent you? About yes. what he did in a stand-up special? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I saw it. I was getting ready for work, having some breakfast. Rare times that I had like a good half an hour and I'm watching it. And he openly mocked. Re- he used retards. Yeah. And it's that new material. Is that the right word to use? Uh, no, because Only my ma- mother-in-law works in this field, yeah. right? Yeah. She, you works, asked she her. works in a home. And it's, it's special needs, yeah. right? She works in a home with people that have special needs, and she takes care of them. And she's a – it takes a special kind of person to do that 150%. Job. Yeah. She has to do everything. Like literally like, you know, take them to the bathroom, do their all, – all their business. It's a lot. There's certain people that are put on earth, I think, that are meant to do this kind of job. She's just one of those kind of special yeah, people, yeah, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, the, um, <laughs> saying the word, like hearing a comic say the word to me is kind of funny. I hate to laugh, but it's fucking funny, man. Yeah. I think the way he did it is funny. I think adding the peanut butter was made it a little dark. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think you have to have He's so that. Good. Don't He's you have so to good. have that? I think so. And I think, you know what, we've been desensitized to it big time. Like, you know, you think about our generation, you know, we were the generation, you and I, Mm -hmm. that openly mock people. (laughs) We did. And I'm going to tell you that I might be divulging a secret to (laughs) young people, but this is the truth. We've evolved. We've evolved because when we grew up, it was funny to imitate Chinese, (laughs) East Indian, retarded handicapped yeah. people yeah 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 you know what i mean yeah. you know all these yeah, it didn't matter oh you're wait what are you oh you're chinese oh thank you right like people would do that okay remember it was like that and even imitating white people yeah. different cultures and imitate white people <laughs> yeah. because it was it was back then everyone wasn't so sensitive for some reason well i think if you do, i think you can still do it now as long as you're funny about it that's the key well because russell peters kills it He's he funny. does every ethnicity and they're all funny. Yeah. All the ethnicities laugh at themselves because they see themselves. Yeah. And I think if you nail it like that, come on, man, it's hilarious. 
We are. I laugh when people make fun of the Indian accent if they can do it properly. Remember Jim Carrey? Yeah, he can do everything. Handyman. That's I'm um, not handicapped. I'm Damon, handicapped. Damon Wayans. Oh, is that Damon Wayans? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did a whole movie. Yeah. As a disabled superhero. <laughs> yes. Drooling, wiping his head. You know, <laughs> the whole nine. I, like, yes, okay. man. That's what I, I mean. To, I have to admit, I introduced that movie to my kids. Mm-hmm. They were a little bit young. This is a few years ago now. And they thought it was funny. I think my daughter was offended the most out of all of us because she's in this kind of offended culture mm. where everything's offensive. Mm-hmm. But um, my son thought it was pretty funny. Well, <laughs> it's it old comedy. Funny. It was like us looking at, you know, Laurel and Hardy or something when we were kids. You know, looking at, you yeah. know, the old, you know, Dick Van Dyke show of the 50s. You yeah, know, yeah. generation before us going, what was so funny? Oh, this was such a good show. Like your parents would be like, oh, that was such a good show back <laughs> then. And we didn't know. It wasn't even funny. There was nothing even close to Wholesome. funny about it. <laughs> Slip, slapstick comedy yeah, right? yeah that's what yeah, it was yeah, yeah. right so I think it's definitely a generational thing uh, but Jim Carrey handyman I remember that and there was also a Canadian guy um, named Mike Ward hmm. uh, who uh, was in Quebec one night on stage and he's doing a show and he made fun of a uh, disease all right he, he made fun of a handicapped person on stage. so he did some so he did some handicapped jokes all right yeah. And uh, and there was a person in the audience that was handicapped. Okay. And the guy's routine was either so fucking bad or it was so fucking offensive. Either one, I yeah. wish I would have saw it, right? Yeah. But it was, whatever it did, it triggered the person in the stage. Oh, and shit. they went through intense trauma, PTSD. They got PTSD from the guy's <laughs> thing. And they were able to prove it in court. And the guy was fined. What was it? Uh, he had to pay uh, $10,000. Oh, my God. And $25,000. So he had to pay $25,000 in moral damages and $10,000 in punitive damages to a guy who suffers from Treacher Collins syndrome. Right? And uh, he also had to pay the mom. The mom was in the audience. And because of the mom's suffering, he had to pay 5000 and 2000 That's fucked up. Right. $42,000 total out of yeah. your pocket. Yeah, he got fined in Because Quebec. someone's overly offended. Really crazy. And this is the craziest part. The joke, I guess, was about uh, the kid. Okay. So the kid who sued him was uh, was dying of this disease. Okay. <laughs> like, it's hard. It's hard, right? So he had a make-a-wish thing. And the kid's fucking wish. What do you think the kid's wish was? He's a kid. He's in Canada. And he's dying from a disease. He's got Treacher's disease, right? And uh, and the only thing he wants to do is what? What do you think his last wish is? In Canada. Yeah, he's just a kid. He's a kid in Canada. He's got Treacher's disease, right? You know, uh, it's, it's a generic. A game? Ca- you know, deformities of the ears, eyes, and cheekbones and chin to the degree with the person is affected. Okay. Right? You know, it's a, it's a really terrible thing this kid was going through. So his he had one make a wish, mm-hmm. and his wish was to sing to the Pope. To the Pope? Yeah. This is like an old soul trapped in like a 10-year-old kid's so body. So the Pope was in Canada at the time? No, the kid. So they flew the kid to Rome. Wow. And his last wish, all right? Flew the kid to Rome. He could have gone to Disneyland. That's incredible. This kid could have gone to like a puppy farm. You know what I mean? Like... 
What do you do? You're 10 years old. Go play laser tag. You go play fucking ball tag. No, he wants to sing. He went to pedophile palace. He has the biggest <laughs> ego. They took him to the pedophile palace. They took this kid with the big ego, thinking he's going <laughs> to sing to the Pope. And it's going to cure him. So they take him over there, and he sings to the Pope. Yeah. And <laughs> Shit. then he comes back to Canada, and he doesn't die. Right? He doesn't die. Okay. So the joke, the comic was making a joke about, oh, we'll fly the kid, hurry, get the kid out, you know, to fucking Rome singing, and then he doesn't die. It's like, wait a minute, you know, you're supposed to be dead. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, man. we spent all this money and you're supposed to be dead, right? <laughs> so that traumatized the kid who was sitting in the audience, <laughs> just happened to be sitting in the audience. What's okay. the chances? So why do you go to a comedy show if you're that easily able to be offended i get it the joke is fuckery i get it yeah. but it's a comedy show yeah if you went to the library and someone did that okay yeah. fine that's a problem yeah you went to the grocery store it's a hate crime uh, yeah it's a problem yeah <laughs> but that's regular society <laughs> you're at a comedy show it's funny to me that you know people you know i i get it you know like i think what it is is most of us or most people think that people are just going to naturally be human and they're going to be nice nice yeah right everyone's under the impression that people are just going to be nice because you know they you know oh because it's like people. well and think about someone in a wheelchair if you're bound to a wheelchair or yeah. you're bound to like handicap somewhere you need assistance whatever everywhere you go you get first rate treatment you hope. Well, you do. Oh, can I get the door for you? Oh, let me get the door. Thanks. You know, thank you. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Right? Or like, hey, do you need any help? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Go help me here. Like people step out and help handicapped people. Well, here's it's the thing, okay? We're okay with bare minimum. Yeah. And that's the bare minimum. We're not yeah. doing anything special by helping somebody, you know? But in our mind, we're, we're being nice, right? Yeah. They're just as able in most situations, just as able. Yeah. But we feel a little extra need. I don't know. We're, we're brainwashed, I think. Stupid. Well, shout out to Aries uh, for keeping it real. Yeah, man. Stage. Aries Spears. I like him. Always been a fan of his material, man. He's he's sharp. Are we kind of becoming a, like a self-censored, not self-centered, but self-censored culture? Like, are we, are they training us in this next generation of people to go, oh, wait, I better think about what I'm going to say. Do you feel as if that's happened to you? I don't think that's happened to me, but what I, but I, I watch of it as a 45 year old man. <laughs> All right. I don't just like jump into things anymore. I now, when something happens, like trends or something happens around the world, mm -hmm. I sit back and I ask myself, why did this happen? Yeah. Right. We're smart enough now to understand that nothing is what it seems. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I look around, I start to notice that it's very easy to say something wrong and suddenly all opportunity is off the table for mm -hmm. you. Look at what happened with BTS. Right, BTS, the the pop group. Okay, they got the song. Oh, that <laughs> shit's like dynamite. Whoa, whoa, fuck! It's addicting when you hear I'm that so song. I'm so glad I've never heard that in my life. <laughs> well, they're like a South Korean thing. And okay, they, okay. And they and band, and they said the lead singer, one of the lead singers, said, "Hey, oh, we want to give a shout out to the fallen uh, families and soldiers of the American oh, and Korea." Yeah. And China got bent out of shape, yeah. and you know. And China got all upset that they didn't mention China's soldiers, <laughs> yeah. the one million soldiers they lost. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so they, all Chinese companies started dropping their sponsorship. Like big companies, man. And some Korean companies too, because of the pressure from China. 
the fact that a superpower can still feel like they have that influence is scary. That kind of governmental influence should should never be able to control freedom of speech and freedom of thought and freedom of expression. But China's dangerous when it comes to communication. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you think like everything you say, like we do a podcast and we mm. talk and you go on stage and you're in front of people mm. and you know what I mean? Like at any time you could say like we've said the word retard tonight. <laughs> Right, so at any point we could be canceled. We could, yeah. if I drop this online, you know, and someone gets offended, dude, we're done, homie. Six episodes in or whatever, we're yeah, done. Yeah, see, the thing is, for me, like, I, I, I think a part of the, a, a part of that is accepting the fact that some what could cancel you, right? Yeah. Uh, to me, is illogical. I'm a fucking human being. I live every day. Yeah. You canceling me doesn't change that. Yeah, I'm still exactly who I am as a person, and if a person's that offended, don't fucking watch. I think that's the don't, key to it. Yeah, don't listen. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think is the greats all precede us mm -hmm. and do this behavior so that when we make decisions, we make it based in their their lane, mm -hmm. right? People like Dave Chappelle and Chris, like they don't give a fuck. Our decision is to make sure that we follow that direction of thinking yeah. as opposed to this wish-washy, I'm offended by what you said. Oh, well, I'm so sorry you're offended. What can I do to make you feel better? <laughs> Nothing. Shut the fuck up. You can never talk again. Go to hell. Motherfucker, die, right? <laughs> yeah. I, keep that noise. Yeah. I, I'm Nah, man. Yeah, that's High tough. phrase podcast supersedes that bullshit. Yeah, it's good. And it's good to have, you know, I'm always a big supporter of like, just being yourself and saying whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Even if it hurts somebody, I really don't, whatever. It's yeah. not coming from me. You know what I mean? Yep. If you want to say it, you say it. <laughs> it almost seems like, yeah, there's no warnings. Do you think, you know, even from when you think about Bill Burr on Saturday Night Live, is comedy, like Jon Stewart kind of started the political comedy stuff, you know, like the Tonight Show or the uh, Daily Definitely Show. Definitely popularized it, yeah. Popularized it big yeah. time, right? You know, Saturday Night Live was big in back in the day with mm -hmm. the um, the news part. It was always political, <laughs> yeah. right? It's always been. Yeah. But is comedy now, like comedy seems to be a political powerhouse now. You know, yeah. like... People definitely take sides. You look at some big There's a names. lot of affiliations. There is, eh? And well, I mean, Chappelle rolls with politicians to their like town halls and stuff, right? Mm. It's very political. Like even Borat's coming out with another movie. Oh, I love that guy. Right? He's coming out with another movie. That's a that's a tongue-in-cheek political jab in America. Sasha Baron time. Cohen, if you ever watch this, you're the fucking goat, man. One of the greatest entertainers on the planet. And what I love about him is he doesn't give a shit. That's He'll come out. Part. I got money. But I'm just going to sit <laughs> here and, you know, part. I'm going to uh, bang my sexy wife, whoever make it is. whatever make, he wants. And just not even worry about making money. I have royalties coming in from a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Madonna song. I was on Madonna song and video. and you Have know, you the, seen Bruno? Uh, the Is that the gay designer or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He adopted a black baby. Oh, did he? In the movie. I don't remember that. I didn't remember that. He, he does whatever the fuck he chooses. Yeah, he's good. He's so smart. It. He was yeah. great in Talladega. And Ali G. Ali G is one of the, my brilliant. favorite characters ever. That was when I first saw him. His name's Ali <laughs> so G. And I'm thinking, brilliant. what is this guy? The Puyakasha and all yeah. that nonsense. He's amazing. He was really good. Yeah. Right? But he's he's like probably the best political 
comic because I think he's really is a political comic. He doesn't do a bunch of stupid movies. He does <laughs> yeah. very easily. But it's high level though. It's, it's very, very high, high level. level. Yeah, it's political comedy, but it's very high level. He yeah. really makes you look at the people in it in a different light. Yeah, I wonder it's how long it takes him to make that movie. Yeah, I mean, geez, he goes to other other countries. He travels a lot, so it's got to mm. be a lot. Time, you know, he's got money though, so it doesn't matter. Full creative control. You know what? Speaking of money, dude, mm. fuck, I'm almost at the point <laughs> where my business has been done for so long, and I'm almost at the point where. I might want to go get a job. And I've Fuck. never felt this way ever in my life. Right? And I'm admitting this. I look at my girl. She does her business. And she does awesome. She's looking after us, basically. Right? And it sucks. Right? And I feel like I'm like just... I feel like a ball of shame in my house. Like, because I'm not... I'm not making any money at all right now. At this yeah. Point. Okay. It sucks. But it's a double-edged sword, okay? Because I am, at this point, the opposite side of the token where I have obligations where i can't not work yeah. i have to otherwise i don't have a home right yeah 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 so for me if i had the opportunity to just chase my dreams and pursue yeah. that it would be fucking phenomenal Fuck, i've got so many auditions in the last little bit it's yeah. been pretty nuts yeah financially it's one of those things though right like when you're obligated you can pursue your dreams at a part-time pace that doesn't eat into your Full-time income. I feel like a big ball of shame, though. And I, then I feel like a big ball of shame because I can't pursue my dreams. Yeah, but this fully. is why we're a team here. Yeah, in, in for a real, sense, man. Right? Like, you That's know what happens. I mean? Like, people have to get in the door. Yeah. I have other people I hope would help me get in the door because yeah, yeah. I'd rep, be a great representative. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, you know, the bad part about this whole time during COVID is, you know, I know that there has been free Serb money out there. Yep. And I have not taken it. Same, I actually, I actually, I'll lie. I did take it in the first month mm -hmm. because I didn't understand what was going on. I thought, oh, this is the Serb thing. And I fell in such a panic, in a weird panic. Of course. I was, I'm very susceptible to panic. <laughs> Bomb goes off and shit. I'm going crazy. I yeah, no, I get it. No, but, but so, but then I, when I realized it, I stopped. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. What is the great repercussion that is coming from all of these knuckleheads taking Serb money and wasting it yeah. because retail hasn't stopped. Jeff Bezos is getting our Serb money. Oh yeah. He's balling. Balling. He's went up to, he went up 48 million during the COVID. He's, he is the government's welfare patient recipient. Basically he's, he's the biggest welfare recipient on the planet because all the money he makes is taxpayer money. Right now, that's being given to people to spend. There's no way any economy can sustain giving away money like this if money is not being made elsewhere. And all of these, you know, Western Hemisphere countries don't have economies that are going to last. So how do how did we get into this Serb mess? Like the the yeah. Great Veil, the way it was sold to us was that it was going to help us survive, right? And yeah. we took those words literally, yeah. like survive. We're going to survive. Yeah. No. I, how do you feel about universal basic income? I'm kind of mixed on it. I I I'm mixed on it. I think it's a good idea. I think my my girl, the capitalist, will hate this. But I think it's a good idea because it levels the playing field and gives people opportunity, opportunity, right? Which is 
which is all that you really need. The reason why these other countries beat us socially is because of opportunities mm-hmm. to the people. Mm-hmm. We limit our opportunities by giving away too much and letting people just sit back. There's so I, you know, my 17 year old and 18 year old kids I've met that are on disability mm-hmm. payments. I'm like, why are you on? <laughs> you're not even old and like you're barely driving, yeah. and you're you have a disability check come in because your anxiety issues. Like this is the problem, dude. Is that we're not. We're not saying, okay, here you go. Here's your money. Now, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Right? And, okay, let us help you get there. Yeah, well, like, okay. I, I, unfettered capitalism that they that we practice in North America can only lead to one thing, right? The, the whole point of capitalism is to make as much money as possible on every single thing that exists. Yeah. In yeah. every <laughs> single way, make as much money as possible. So if you do that to everything and you commodify everything, there's eventually going to be nothing left to commodify and there's no money left to be made and the system just crashes. Yeah. We're seeing pockets of that happening right now because it's not sustainable, right? Mm. Free trade agreements make our nationalistic economies useless. Mm. They completely damage them. Manufacturing sector sectors disappear mm. completely. All goes to one shitty place, all creating one set of shitty products for the rest of the planet to consume. It's... The worst possible model you can imagine. So ancient. If you're looking at the earth from the outside, let's just say you're looking at the earth from the outside and you see how, and someone can just, you know, put those Google VR goggles on you and you just look at the earth and it breaks up into numbers and figures and you can see exactly how the economy is stretched out mm. with manufacturing and consumption. It's, it's like a, a, a four-year-old idiot mm. d- designed it, <laughs> right? And it's designed like this on purpose so that a small group of people can make as much money as possible mm. while there's shit to make money off of. Yeah. And not thinking about what the repercussions are, which is, you know, us not being able to live here. <laughs> yeah, it seems like we're, you know, it seems like with this little pandemic that's been going on for eight months now, going on eight months. Damn. Um, it seems like they're pushing us to really just be cool with doing less. And it feels like we're heading right into a socialism thing. That's what's going to bring us out of all this is, you know, I don't think this hard nose, you know, you know, it's a, these uh, conservative people coming in. I don't think that's the answer. I don't think getting back to normal is the answer. I really do believe that to come out of this, we've got to make a big push for success. You know what I mean, dude? Like you got to be, you got to come out of this and go, okay, guys, instead of fighting against each other, like let's work together now and push out of this. We're the strong. We could be the strongest country in the world. Yeah, but then th- that's going to mean that a lot of the old guard has got to go. We got to get rid of yeah, the old white has men. to have to yeah. because they will not allow change at all. Fuck, in any old white guys, buddy, it's horrible. Yeah, and they're dying breed. That's the good thing. They're dying breed. They're not going to last, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, no. I think there has to be a mix. I think we can still enjoy frivolous luxuries. Hmm. Not at the expense of the planet. I think we can ma- manage that. Mm. I think if a lot of the economies get localized, mm. cities grow their own food, cities buy their own food, cities sustain themselves off of what they have. And if there's, it sounds so idealistic. I know people are like, oh, you're <laughs> fucking stupid idealistic. But no, for real, if you nationalize, localize your economies, that's how your cities grow. Mm. And if you invest in your in, in cities, mm literally have them grow their own food, build their own roads. Everything that happens in the city is done by people in the city 
that's where the economies grow. That's how they get sustained, and it stays that way. Mm-hmm. But the way we have it now is a small group of people take, and everybody else just becomes pieces. Yeah, for the group to take. Yeah, it's an old. It's an old model. Do you know anybody taking the serve? Uh, yeah, I know a few people. Well, I work with a lot of like young people mm-hmm. that haven't had work. So do you yeah. know anybody? Do you know anybody? Not saying names that's getting it that doesn't deserve it. Uh, yeah, I I mean, fuck, man. When you say it like that, it's hard because I think it's taxpayer money. It is. So they deserve it when you see what they're using it for. If okay, because that's my money. That's your money. That's my yeah. money. Well, it used to be my money. It was from. I've been paying taxes since I was fucking 14. I've had a right? tax-paying job since I was yeah. 14. 26 years, motherfucker, no, I've been no paying respect. taxes. No respect. Right? And the thing is, like, if, let's just say, let's just say you decided you wanted to get a receipt from the government yeah. about something that they said that they made off of taxpayer money, you would, would you be able to get the receipt? No. And taking that a step further, would they be able to tell you what portion of your check went to doing what they did? <laughs> <laughs> no. Could they produce that receipt? No, fuck no. They but win, they wouldn't bother. Look at the lengths that you have to go as an independent artist to declare taxes it's and true. do all these jump through all these motherfucking hoops to prove that you're paying your taxes, but they take the money and would never be able to account for it. It's it's a really sad system. It feels like you know, it's like that country like Finland and those countries that actually show you where your taxes are going to and how you can decide what you want your taxes to go to. I think people would be shocked when they if they actually gave us a chance. But okay, top three things you would want your taxes to go to. What would you want? Healthcare, education, mm. infrastructure. Mm, that's a good one. Mine is healthcare, uh, the homeless, and uh, addicted addicted situation i think we need yeah. to get people off the streets yeah for sure and i think we need to cure dr- dr- and i think healthcare can do that i healthcare think a good, good healthcare system yeah can eliminate addiction yeah can eliminate dependency on opioids and and all these other things that people are forced forced to cope with yeah we don't approach mental health right man no we don't come on man no we don't it's really sad here we just suck it up fuck we just tell people to suck it up even and the old yeah. folks suck it up. Yeah, for real. You're getting man. old, just yeah. suck it up. That's right. Uh, all right, cool. I think you know we had a good talk mm-hmm. today. Um, you know, I think we really covered talking about LeBron, which is really important. <laughs> right? We jumped in. You want to give any shout outs before we leave? Um, no, I think that's good. Yeah, me either. Yeah. I don't really talk to anybody. It's that high praise <laughs> podcast. It's that y'all. high praise podcast. Uh, join us next week. Hopefully, we're gonna have a guest. Yes. You know what? We we'll should really, on. we should really work on. Yeah. Getting a guest. And if you're watching and you think you'd be a dope guest, hit us up, man. Jump, well, jump in our inboxes. Yeah, jump up. And you know, we do. We'll do it differently than when, when a guest is here. Yeah. Right. We'll actually sort of roll out the red carpet. Get some. Them. Get some real, like you know, feel good. Like you participated in something worthwhile. Yeah. And we'll put them through, you know, there's going to be a game. Yeah. Always. There's always going to be a game. Like I had a game plan tonight, which we're going to save for the next (laughs) one. Right. And, you know, we'll always make it fun for them. Yeah, for sure. And we'll learn about, we'll learn about them and hopefully they have something uh, that they want to talk about. It's easy. It's elite, A-L-I-T-E and it's A-C-D-J. Peace. Peace.